Introducing Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. This podcast is for parents who long to be meaningfully connected to themselves and their children, even as the demands of modern life are accelerated. Enjoy a collection of supportive conversations, meditations, and nuggets of practical wisdom to help you embrace the parenting journey as your greatest potential for personal growth. Welcome to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. This is Michelle, and I am here with one of my dearest friends, Soren Gordhamer, who is the founder of the Wisdom 2.0 Conference. He leads retreats. He's done has a very interesting past that I'm going to let him share with you a little bit. I'll let him introduce himself. And we're talking today just about uh, parenting and being a father and that experience. So thank you for for being with us. So good to be here. Yeah, <laughs> really fun. <laughs> so would you, Soren, mind just sharing with with our listeners just a little bit about you and your past? And I'd love for you to share about some of your work in the juvenile prisons mm-hmm. many years ago. Sure. Yeah. Um, I will do briefly, and then you can please feel free to ask on portions that you think are uh, more interesting than not. Um, I was born in Michigan, <laughs> and I grew up in West Texas, which I think is is somewhat always interesting for people to know, because from like 5 to 18, I was um, in just rural West Texas in a little town called Lubbock. So I grew up there being very influenced by uh, my parents, who my dad was a Buddhist uh, kind of hippie wannabe, and my mom was uh, a yoga teacher. But... And we were kind of like the only people in town that didn't go to church too. So it's kind of an interesting combination of having a home with certain kind of values or orientation and then being in a community that um, had slightly different orientation values that people treated us really well. And for the most part, Um, however, then I moved from there to Eslin Institute, which is probably the opposite. (laughs) If you can find an opposite of Texas, that's probably close to the opposite. And um, I've always kind of seen myself as a bit of an entrepreneur. Like I just take on projects. Some of those projects are nonprofit projects, like you had mentioned before, working with uh, incarcerated kids in in California and New York City through a group called the Lineage Project that I started with a friend. Um, Sometimes those projects are books. I wrote um, Just Say Ohm, which was a mindfulness book for teenagers Mm -hmm. way back in the day, uh, playing off of Nancy Reagan's Just Say No at the time. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I, I, I always feel like I can never really find a job, a regular job. So I had to kind of figure out my own jobs. Yeah. Um, wisdom 2.0 was very much like that. I knew I had an interest in technology. I knew I had interested in spirituality. So I'm like, well, what if we just put those together and all my interests can be expressed in, uh, in one event. So that's happened that's now in its eighth year and we bring together all kinds of, as you know, awesome, amazing people from all walks of life. Um, I have a 14-year-old son, Navar, and I'm also uh, getting married in about a month and have been living with um, uh, a woman named Liz who has a five-year-old son, Taj. So I went from adjusting to the teenage years to both adjusting to the teenage years and also remembering what it's like to be with a five-year-old who has a lot of energy and wants to play and wants to wrestle and wants to like 
just be physical and wants time and a 14 year old who kind of wants to be left alone <laughs> to play video games and hang out with his friends or whatever he wants to do yeah uh yeah so that's a little bit of my my life at the moment just moved into a new house so we're adjusting to that house and just rules with the kids and yeah when Taj goes to sleep and Navar goes to sleep yeah what do we expect of each of them in terms of chores um and going from being a single dad you know now to a family with family rules and family expectations and uh I'm in in that process of adjustment yeah yeah I'm curious um having only had Navarre for quite Mm -hmm. a long time and having received a lot of learnings uh, from your experience being a father, often a single father. Mm-hmm. Um, what has it been like now that you have a five-year-old kind of starting in that space? Like, what do you feel like you know now that you're uh-huh. able to <laughs> offer that you probably couldn't have then, considering all your life experience, not just parenthood, obviously? Well, it's interesting. So I've lived here as a dad to tie or as a stepdad ish uh, for about five or six months. And it's a different relationship when he already has a dad. And so I'm coming in as this kind of other thing that's not really clear what it is. And one of the things I've really learned early on with kids and particularly boys is that to not try and get them to like you, that they'll accept you when they're ready. And if you try to get them to be like, aren't I a cool stepdad? Aren't, you know, isn't <laughs> yeah. like me? Don't tell your mom that I'm cool. And they just don't. They just won't. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to hang out, figure out what they're interested, play their games, do their things. And at some point they'll be like, okay, you're in. Like Tosh let me wipe his butt the other day. First time in a long time. He's like, I'm like, he's like, Soren, could you do it? I'm like, sure. But it took, you know, he's working his way up to whatever he thinks he's comfortable with. And yeah. I've really learned to trust kids in that process versus me trying to be there, you know, trying to have them like me early on, which doesn't work. Um, but it was interesting with Navarre because I felt like I was a lot more like, this is my son, this is my only, you know, it's like, I got to do this right. And and with Taj, it's just a different relationship because, like he said, he has a mom, he has a dad. Um, I'm meeting him at a at a young age, but he still had these formative years. And so I feel like I'm kind of feeling my way into what that relationship is like. And in some ways, it's, it's easier. It's, yeah. <laughs> there isn't as much pressure. I don't feel as much pressure. And I also feel like I can play with him more and I can not be as attached to him and and in the same way with Liz with Navarre like she cares about Navarre but she's not like so immersed in like oh my child and his life and what's going to become of it <laughs> yes so for some reason when we have for my experience anyway it's like I feel like I'm less um it's yes yeah, balance of being connected caring um but it's a different kind of relationship that I feel like I'm still very new at and early at um, one of the things that I did less with Navarre and I really want to do with Navarre and, and also I do with Taj is, is take them on adventures and go camping and mm. get them out. You know, it's so easy just to be homebodies and we just go through our routines and 
we're on our device. We're all on our devices and one day passes. I know they passes. And yeah. uh, I feel like I want to, I want to like be like, wow, it's a weekend. What are we going to do? Let's go see something or do something. And Taj is totally down for that. Most of the time, Navarre can be harder to, harder to uh, get to do things now. But um, I definitely feel like the weekend, we only have them for so many weekends left, you know? I know. Yes. I, feel, I feel that so way many too. Weekends left. And like, as I look at Navarre, I'm like, all right, at 16, will he still do stuff with me? May, maybe, but like 14, like I still have influence. I can still say, no, you're coming with us this weekend. Yeah. 16, 17. Yeah. Yeah. Well, different. Know. You know, maybe it'll yeah. be the two of you going away together, you know? If I can get him. If you can get him to go. What do you notice when you do get everyone out of the house and you're on some adventure and you're all together? Um, what's we, the Yeah, well, we went to like? Europe and I think um, we have to rely on each other more because mm. we're both in like a foreign place or a different place. But even camping, there's a sense of like, all right, we have to, we have to rely on each other more. Someone has to start a fire. Someone has to do this. I think we're out of our roles a little bit more, you know, it's not like um, anyone's really in charge and we're kind of in charge, but there's a loosening of the roles. I think when we're out and about, and uh, I just think it opens up parts of my brain and their brain of possibilities that um, it's just easy to get stuck in ruts. And, you know, I, I look at him as my son versus this amazing young kid who's changing every day. And who I don't really know and who he doesn't really even know either. Like it's a discovery (laughs) and um, anything that helps allow that to happen. I feel like that's, I want to, I want to prioritize that. Um, And part of our house, the reason we bought our house was to have a lot more people come together and meet and has a pool and just give them the social experiences. Um, It's funny. He's hanging out with, um, uh, my sister's fiance, um, Alberto, who will be his uncle mm-hmm. soon. And they just, it's funny, they just, they just looked similar. And they were like hanging out, talking about technology. And <laughs> our trail, or Alberto let him drive his car. Like they went to a parking lot in his car. And I was like, there's just a bond there yeah. that was really sweet. And I feel like if we don't get our kids out and meeting other people and having kind of other potential mentors, they don't kind of get to have that multiple uh, um, influence and some of that influence can not be so healthy, but if we can create conditions like different parts of them come out when they meet different people and that there's potential mentors or supporters that um, I feel like my job isn't to raise them myself. My job is to see um, where his interests want to be and also where there's other natural mentors that could come into his life mm. uh, particularly as the teenage years but ha- i'm loving the teenage years i have a, mm. a new teenager as of mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. we're going on to our second year in july and and i'm just finding these years magical so far mm. um, all the changes and watching their body change and their voice and mm-hmm. the way they can empathize more and um yeah, you know, you could have these conversations that you just couldn't have yeah. before. I'm wondering what's, you know, what surprised you about about the teenage years? Um, well, 
Navarre is a particular kind. I mean, every kid is a particular kind of kid. And I definitely think there's teenagers who want nothing to do with their parents. <clears throat> and currently he actually, we like to hang out together and that's continued. Yeah. You know, where um, he's like less excited to hang out with me, but he still <laughs> enjoys hanging out with me. Like yeah. we actually, we enjoy hanging out with each other. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what kind of teenager he would be. And I was worried that there would be this teenager in him that would just be like, nothing to do with that. Mm. Um, so we try to go like on Sundays, we have this van, the Sprinter van. So I usually drive it up the coast a little bit and we go out for lunch and we take my dad to breakfast and we take the dog for a hike. Mm. So I've been trying to create some rituals where we each week will have our time together, right? Mm. So I'll just be able to check in and the conversations will always be different than we have in the house. Um, I can't remember what you quite asked me, but surprises uh, the so I'm surprised for now that there's still a, a wanting to spend time together. Yeah. Um, he hasn't gone through puberty in the same way, so I think there's a, another stage that we're coming. going to yeah. There's always a new stage like coming. Just, he's like, people always think I'm a girl, and I, you know, his, his voice is just starting to change. Yeah. So I definitely think that we're in for a there's some big changes ahead that we have yet to experience yeah and uh and just um much more physical wanting to be you know physicals mm-hmm. like he wants to wrestle me and uh the other day he's just talking he's like dad i just want to take you down so i'm like okay let's wrestle and i was able to physically i'm still able to like win but I can see his body changing and him getting stronger and just that desire to, to conquer um, yeah. is increasing. Yeah. Well, that I've, I've spoken to other men in the past who've told me they remember that moment they could beat their father, mm-hmm. either at mm-hmm. basketball or mm-hmm. in holding them down. Yeah. Or, so there's something you know, there, I think, between fathers and sons yeah. where that's concerned. Yeah. And I, told, I try to give him you know, permission. I'm like, you, you're going through a lot of changes and you can really dislike me or hate me a lot of the time and I'm not going to take it personally. It's just part of your whole emotions and you don't have to feel guilty for wanting to, you know, for just really disliking me. And I disliked my dad a lot growing up. I loved him and he just, I don't know, you know, it's like we're with our parents so much for so much time when we looked up to them it's inevitable that there's a fall from grace. Yes. And I think giving kids permission to be like, yeah, it's totally okay to just really be frustrated and pissed off at me and not want anything to do with me. You, you can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't leave. But the feelings are fine. The feelings are totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. have that going on too with, um, I may have told you, with there's two things that, that are going on. I'm really annoying my son, Tyler, who's 13 mm-hmm. and a half. One is when I'm in the car driving and he's in the front seat with me. And if someone like is nice and lets me in, I wave and I say, thank you. But I say it out loud. I say, thank you. And every time he's like, mom, they can't hear you. (laughs) Why do you say that? And I say, you know, Tyler, I will do my best to like, I never noticed that I did that. It's, it's you reflecting that to me that I'm noticing that. And I can imagine, you know, (laughs) annoy you. And then also, you know, I remind him to wash his hands just yesterday Mm -hmm. in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I remind him, did you wash your hands? And he looked at me like, yeah. 
I remember, you know, I'm, he does. He always washes his hands before he eats, after he goes to the bathroom. And I said, Ty, you know what? I have been reminding you to wash your hands for 13 years. And, and I, I really, that's got to be annoying, you know, that I keep mm-hmm. asking you because you are adult enough mm-hmm. now. You're, you know, old enough young man to yeah. wash your own hands. So you just got to be patient with me. I, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to, to uh, annoy sweet. you. Right. Yeah. And, and he said, yeah, okay, I, I got it. Like, so I'm, I'll probably forget <laughs> more often and I'm okay that it annoys you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that's really, I think the that's such an important point. It's just as habits and they've changed and we're still doing the old habit. Like yes. I'll still go get Navarre some milk when I know he can stand up and get his own milk <laughs> or I'll still do these things. It's like, he's not five anymore. No. You know? And it's like, I can easily just go back into that habit. Yeah, old habits die hard. Yeah, and they'll love, they'll get away with as much as they can get away with, you know. <laughs> Especially with get my water. Yeah. Can I have some water? <laughs> they will, they will um, at least the kids I know will work that as long as they can. Navarro will sometimes wait. It's funny, he'll, our, my family now has gotten attuned to it, so we'll all be sitting down. As soon as somebody gets up to get something, we're like, oh, yeah, could you get me something too? <laughs> yeah. And so now we sit and we just wait. We see who's late. As soon as Navar gets up, like, oh, yeah, could I have something? Oh, yeah, can I have something? He's like, what? <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, but to play with it and to know. Like, yeah. But I think the beauty in what you shared um, and then in my response is is in that uh, communicating, you know, like being open about it, you know, like yeah. you're meant, your, your job is to be annoyed by me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. my job is to learn how to be the parent of a teenager. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's so normal yeah. and it's going to be clunky Yeah, and, and we'll be okay. And you're going to get away with as much as you can get away with. And my yeah. job is to set limits. <laughs> yes. Right? You're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing by sitting there asking everybody to do what you yeah. <laughs> And my job is to tell you you can't. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, you know, you said something earlier when you were introducing yourself about always knowing, you know, you're kind of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how young were you when you mm-hmm. realized that? And also, you know, if you if you have anything to share about about the boys that you're raising, like what you notice about mm. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, when I was younger, I never, you know, people ask you, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I, I never had a really clear vision of what I wanted to do when I grew up. Mm. Um, but I always had a hard time just sitting still and sitting in an office. Like that always just seemed like really hard to do. And some people love it and they love the community and they love the purpose. Yeah. And for me, that just never was very appealing. And I remember as a kid, when I was 14 or 15, I used to draw a sketch, this guy, when I was bored in class, this guy walking on the street with a backpack and had this vision of walking from Texas where I lived to, to California. And I was going to write a book and the book was called The Cage People. And how old were you? So this is like 14, 15. 14, 15. And the people who drove cars were in cages. And I, I wanted to do this other thing outside of the box. And so I remember just fantasizing about that and drawing images and pictures. And like, this was this dream. But I always think that I just had this uh, draw for adventure and travel. And mm. I remember in my 20s, I spent four years without paying rent anywhere. I just lived here, lived there 
people would take me in. I don't know where what I did. And so I do think there's a part of me that just always was like wanting travel and wanting new things. And um, in order to kind of live that life, how do you make a living? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so I think I've always sought projects and things that have an entrepreneurial element to them so that mm. I can kind of be more free with my time and I don't have to always be in the same place every day. Um, and I've always just had this sense of like, I like to do big things. I like to have impactful things. I like to know like where it's the cutting edge of what's on the surface mm -hmm. and how do we ride that edge? As I get older, it's harder. So I rely on the bar to tell me like, where's, where are things <laughs> where's the edge? Yeah, where's the edge? <laughs> Point me to the edge. <laughs> uh, so I feel like, yeah, as I get older, I have to kind of rely on him and others more, but, um, uh, but yeah, that's always just kind of been a part of my nature for better or worse. Mm. And then, um, you know, it's interesting, like with Tosh, he's super physical. He loves to wrestle. He loves to play. He loves, um, and I don't know how much that's just five yeah. or that is, he's going to want things or he's pushed and he's like asked to perform. He's a great performer. Like, yeah. um, my sense is he'll want things that challenge him and he'll want things that like have a physical element to it or like yeah. uh that's just seems to be his energy navar um navar is a couple sides he's very determined in whatever he does and so and i don't always understand it but when i i, I get upset with him sometimes we're playing video games so much but then when he tells me what he's trying to do he's trying to get to this certain <laughs> status right like this certain level in this whatever game and he and his friends will work like hours and hours to get to this level that then they can do these other things. And so, um, but Navarre is much more technical savvy and he built his own computer and he can watch a YouTube video on something and easily put it together or figure it out. I never had that skill. He's really good at math. I was never good at math. So like still like, oh, the windshield wipers. I've ordered windshield wipers out of Amazon. I can't figure out how to put them on the car. Mark, could you help me? Because like he just has more of a mechanical sense. And then yeah. together, the two of us, it was like complicated putting together. But I have to rely on him for putting mm. stuff together because I don't, I don't have that mechanical thing he does. Yeah. Um, but I also sense like he's really he takes school very seriously, academics very seriously. I don't have to pressure him about grades at all. Um, I do have to pressure him. Or I feel like I have to pressure him more about exercise and getting out more because he can stay he can, behind the screen. He can stay behind the screen. Yeah. He like closes his door, uh, closes the blinds on his window and he can just go um, and enter that world. And so I feel like with him, it's more about like honoring that and appreciating that. And then also creating situations where it's like, all right, it's time to walk the dog or it's time to be family time. Yeah. I got mad at him the other day. He's like, we have to have family time tonight. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I've given you so much room to do your thing. And yes, like, I don't want to, I don't want shit about, like, this is our family as a unit. Yeah. Yeah. I got pretty frustrated with him. He's like, sorry, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes they need to feel that, you know? Yeah. Feel they're bumping up against the edge. Yeah, you know? and that they disappoint, like he disappointed me. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that does disappoint me when you like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you and I, uh, 
a share practice, right? <laughs> Meditation mm-hmm. and awareness practices. And um, I'm would love to hear, and, and it may be a little hard to answer or maybe not, right? Because mm-hmm. you're swimming in the soup you swim in. <laughs> so it's hard to know, like fish don't know they're in water, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but how have your has your practice over the years um, affected your parenting, right? I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. out there who maybe practice, meditate, practice mindfulness, or maybe they're thinking about it, right? Maybe one of the reasons they're listening. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love for you to share just how it's, how it's informed your parenting. Mm -hmm. I think there's um, two parts. One is um, I think it's easy to live in just a constant state of angst as a parent or as a person and there's always just something that's frustrating upsetting and it's just like we just live in that and I feel like meditation is this great practice where you see if I'm feeling that it's an internal issue it's not the world isn't always making me suffer I can choose to suffer or not suffer and when you're just sitting there by yourself for 20 minutes or 30 minutes it's really clear like if you're suffering that's your business because there's nobody doing anything to you. It's your thoughts and your mm. sensations. It's like, and so I feel like there's definitely like a, um, a narrowing in on what's really the work. And the work isn't to get our kids to do everything we think they should do. The work is to understand ourselves and understand who we are and then do our best at relating to them and responding to them in ways that supports who they are. And that might mean expressing your frustration sometimes, but expressing your frustration knowing like this is something I'm working on. So I feel like in general, it's given an orientation that my kid is not my problem and my kid is also not my, I don't have to live through my kid. Mm. Like, like, I remember one time before I came up to me, it's like, I feel like you're ashamed of me. Mm. And I had to think about it. Like, I was like, you're right, a part of me is which was hard to tell a kid. Yeah. And um, we talked about it for a while and he's like, I just really like video games and can you just accept that? And I realized like, yeah, I hadn't quite accepted that. You know, I hadn't quite, I had this agenda for who he was supposed to be. Yeah. And he wasn't being it. And how it reflected on you, right? Yeah. Mr. Mindfulness and Mindfulness Conference. Yeah. My kids should be starting nonprofits in the world (laughs) or whatever the story is, right? Or my kids should be like leading meditation groups at a school. Mm. No, 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 no. Um, So I feel like even though I, I lose that awareness, I feel like having a practice that's inward helps to kind of keep coming back to the fact that like we um, are responsible for, I mean, Eckhart Tolle is always like, you're responsible for one thing and it's your state of consciousness. Mm. And that's pretty much it. And that's, I feel like in some ways the best we can give our children is as, as open and as curious and as loving and as truthful a state of consciousness that we can muster at any time. Um, I also think that, like, I've learned with Navarre, like, the more I want, I should just do whatever it is I think he should do. You should do should whatever meditate. it is. I should yes. meditate. If I think he should be out hanging out with friends more, I'm like, I'm like when's the last time I invited my friends over? Usually not often. Usually yeah. I'm upset with him for something that I actually want to be doing. I'm like, you should go outside more. I'm like, or read a book more. I'm like, when's the last time I? 
So just that awareness of like what we're saying is, is as much for ourselves often as it is yes. for our kids. And I just think it's really helpful to have some time each day, no matter what you do, where you're coming back to yourself and you're feeling your breath and you're feeling your body and you're like, who am I? Independent of my role as a parent, independent of my role as a business person. Um, so for me, there's like a formal practice of sitting quietly at whatever time I can figure out a day if I can. And then there's this like ongoing um, relationship in the world, which is just how fully present am I with whatever I'm doing uh, and realizing my kids are these incredible mirrors. And we, we can't, we can't get rid of them. <laughs> you know, other people you can be like, Oh, what a jerk. I'm going to leave that job or I'm yeah. like, Kids no. and, and partners and partners, but it's like they are they they're just these incredible mirrors, and they tell us and do things, and it's like you can try to reject them, but it's like they're the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, they um, are. What 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 kind of advice would you give to a really busy parent who one maybe they're starting to practice or they'd like to practice more? You know, just ways throughout the day that that you mm -hmm. that you either practice in a small way or where how you notice you're not present right yeah. like how would you explain to someone like when you know you're not present yeah that's a great question yeah um I remember it might have actually been from you <laughs> where you said <laughs> one of the practices I have is just I hold my child's hand mm -hmm. in the morning when I say goodbye to him or when we walk I can't, I can't was that you yes that was I it was a little thing I did before they went to school in the morning they were a little younger mm -hmm. it was when they started walking to school alone mm -hmm. and I felt uncomfortable mm -hmm. <laughs> with them just leaving the house right, right. Just, bye right. it felt there was something there was some missing element so we all held hands and took a breath together and yeah. and then they left yeah yeah so to me that's like amazing like if we can find things like that like when we welcome a kid home and hug them when we see them how are we seeing them mm. it doesn't take any extra time <laughs> right or if it does it's minimal yes to actually just feel like you're hugging them with your full appreciation for who they are um and i feel like realizing it's gonna go yes it's short yeah we think everything is long and lasts forever our lives are not forever yeah. And kids are not forever. So how do we, like, just knowing that I think helps put some priority on it. Um, and I definitely think that whatever pace we live, our kids, we're infusing, we're teaching constantly to our kids, whether we like it or not, whether we're saying anything or not. So are we living a life that we would want them to live? Yeah. You know, if they were living the life that we currently live, would we be happy? Mm. And if we're not, and we see our kids moving in the direction of our pace, um, we should probably reflect and look at like, is that really what I want to instill into my kids? Yeah. And yeah. That, like Thich Nhat Hanh says, presence is the greatest gift you can give. Yeah. It is. It is. It if really is. Need money or I mean, they, whatever we think we can give them, whether it's money or toys or getting to Stanford or, um, getting the new car, getting whatever it is we think we can give them, it may or may not be useful, but presence, I feel like yeah. it's the greatest gift. Yeah, and living our own lives. You, you said that earlier. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Carl Jung has a great quote 
something around, you know, the most tragic um, mm-hmm. um, situation is the life of an unlived parent, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for a child, yeah. right? To not live your own life. Um, right. So to be present yeah. and to be living your own life and not yeah. living through, I think so often we can get into these spaces where we're living through our children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to do. And if you go to sports and you see the level of like energy that the parents have, I mean, it's one yeah. thing to be like, yeah, I hope we win, but it's like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to win. My child has to do this. And so, and there's, and we can feel it in our bodies. I can feel it in my, there's this like longing. And what is that longing about? Mm. That somehow, okay, you win the championship and your child made the home run or whatever. Like, are you happy now? Like, right. What is that longing? And I think deep down, it's a spiritual longing for wholeness or for connection. And if we look to our kids to somehow um, show us our family honor and show that we're really awesome and that we're great, like, yeah, well, it's a, that's crazy. And that's why I think Palo Alto has the highest suicide rates in the country, or some of the highest suicide rates in the country. It's like the pressure. If mom and dad made this amount or started this, like the pressure for me, the bar is so high. Yeah. And you can't make mistakes and you can't be human. And you can't fail. And just helping a kid learn how to fail. Beautiful. You yeah. know, like let them fail. Try something and they totally mess up. And can we make space for that? And yeah. if our ego is attached, we can't. Yeah. We're like, no, you got to do better. And, um, and even be excited about failure. You know, yeah. I, when they, yeah. something goes terrible, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is really going terrible right now. Yeah. Well, they often true. say, um, I love, there's a Thich Nhat Hanh quote where I love, he says, to be fearless does not mean that fear never enters your mind. It means that when fear enters your mind, it has a good companion and that companion is mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So it's not that, all of this stuff doesn't happen, frustration and anger and whatever. But it's like there's a space in which we can be that doesn't make a problem out of that happening. Yeah. And I think as parents, that's a huge gift. It's like it's not that people don't fail. It's not that people don't get angry. It's not that all these things don't happen. But there's a container of acceptance and a trusting and a, and a heart and a love that exists even as all of that is playing its course. Mm. I think that's really important because otherwise you get upset with yourself for being upset. (laughs) (laughs) I should be peaceful and calm mom all the time, right? Well, good luck. Good luck. But there can be this certain level of um, acceptance, attentiveness, remembering what's important that I think allows those um, waves to kind of ride in a smoother way. than us trying to fight them or get caught in them or so it's like the anger is always going to show up the question is like is it going to show up for days (laughs) yes (laughs) or can we like honor it and let it go i feel it's like that's the practice and that's the messy messy spirituality right it's like you're gonna like stumble and stumble and stumble and stumble and stumble and how do you get back up and then how do you actually see that like it's a journey and you get this enormous opportunity to be on this journey with these kids and like, what a gift. And who knows? Like I was telling Navar actually this morning, I said, when you were born Navar and you, you came out once you started talking when you're like three or four, he always, always used to ask me, dad, how'd you know it was me? 
Like, I what do you mean? It was me. Well, when I was bored, how did you know it was me? I was like, <laughs> there's like a spirit inside the bean. Yeah. Like, how did you know it was mm. me, this spirit inside this body? It's a, it's a wild question. So somehow yeah. these spirits inside these bodies get partnered up with us. Yes. And this crazy dance. So. Yeah, no mistakes. Yeah. yeah, and I love what you're doing, just like bringing more attention to it and playfulness and talking about it and supporting parents, like understanding like themselves and hopefully having a little more humor and a little more lightness and, yeah. and also not missing out. Yeah. On the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like it's good to worry about it, but at the same time, it's like, we really don't know. Yeah. We really don't know. Thank you, Soren. Thanks. We're out of time. I really appreciated the time and hearing your wisdom. And this is just fun. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. May you meet this moment fully. You meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes. <laughs>